money is just the universe thanking you for what you gave to it. And so if you're giving the world your authentic passion, it's just money is then in turn a byproduct of the world saying, thank you, we needed that because no one else can give the world what you were created to give it. This is Workwives Unscripted. We're your hosts, Jill and Katie, and we know absolutely everything there is to know about business. We invented business and we're stupid rich. We heard you and we get it. We finally made the podcast. So get your notepad out, sweetie. We're about to change your life. (laughs) Obviously, we're kidding. Well, of course we want to dominate. Business doesn't always have to be taken so seriously. This is the podcast you can turn on when you want encouragement, relatability, and a splash of humor. We're the work wives you never knew you needed. You. (laughs) Are we testing or are we going? (laughs) This is the start of the episode. You. (laughs) You. I think we've done that before. Yeah, we, we oh, we've Have definitely we done a yodel. I think intro? yodel was probably episode two or three or <laughs> one. I don't know. I just I don't know what it is. We start recording and I want a yodel. You say yoohoo, we're back. <laughs> As I'm eating yoo-hoo. my sack of blueberries, <laughs> Katie's eating a sack of blueberries. I just ate half a fish burrito. I'm <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> I'm eating ball sacks worth of blueberries. <laughs> I read Bloops. this thing. Uh, I mean, everyone knows that blueberries are so good for you, mm-hmm. but I kind of forgot how much I love them. Mm. And I read this thing the other day that blueberries are literally <laughs> <laughs> like the best, best fruit full of antioxidants yeah. for you. And now I've just been pounding, pounding bloobs. Can yeah. you eat too many bloobs? I, okay. This is sending me on a tangent, believe it or not. <laughs> Who knew that blueberries would send me on a tangent? But okay. Something I love doing to help me eat healthier mm-hmm. is just google a fruit and just be like benefits of eating an orange oh and then you're like dope i want to eat a fucking orange like it literally causes or i was gonna say causes it's like a cure for cancer it okay causes cancer. <laughs> but there's so many if you just google like whole foods that are just naturally occurring and you're like benefits of this food it makes you want to eat it more because you're like cool i didn't realize it was going to do this to my body that's really good to know instead of being like i should eat healthy i should do this just literally google the benefits and honey yeah. you're gonna want to eat it yeah that's what I did because um, I was a home alone little bitch this week mm, and Nick was out of town bitch. on a work <laughs> home alone bitch. <laughs> Nick was out of town on a work trip. So I went to the grocery store by myself and picked things that I wanted to make myself Ooh, for dinner. What'd you make? And it was really fun. I like I always appreciate a good two to three days alone. Once mm-hmm. you're stretching further beyond that, it's like, yeah. all right. I yeah. miss you. Then Come you get on. lonely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I prepped some food. I made like a really yummy, all healthy. Mm-hmm. Felt so good. Yep. And there, I don't need to really get into the details of it, but I just really <laughs> enjoyed that. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Okay. To give everyone context, Nick is an incredible, oh, incredible yeah. cook. Mm-hmm. Like just making gourmet dinners like every night. Well, and every every single thing is a production in our household. Yeah. When it comes to food, mm-hmm. like that's why it's kind of nice when I cook for myself, which mm-hmm. I will never complain about his food. Yeah. But it's when I find myself cooking for myself, there's like a tenth of the mess. Mm-hmm. It goes in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We don't make dinner for an hour and a half, eat it for 10 and then clean up immediately. Yeah. Cause he just loves the art of making right. food. Right. That it's a whole production, even on just a normal night. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things about him, but yeah, 
but our it's nice kitchen every now and then when often. you just get to make a quick 20 minute or which yeah. is what matt and i do <laughs> we're like all right let's make uh matt's chicken famous meatballs with sauce and that's it <laughs> matt's famous meatballs yeah that is just ground beef into meatballs <laughs> and then we put ketchup on it <laughs> a common dinner in our household so also i have a update that i know you might appreciate even though we cut the moth segment out last week <laughs> we did i woke have up. A, a hearty moth conversation that we cut out for the second time on this podcast <laughs> i don't know how we keep talking about moths but if you live in colorado you know the issue with them right now they're uh-huh. literally everywhere uh-huh and I don't know how they get in the house, how they show up, whatever. Not going to waste a lot of time because I'm I'm editing this week. I'm keeping <laughs> this in because it freaked me the fuck out. What? You yeah. know how you can just be fine with bugs, but the second they unexpectedly pop out at you. cringe on your Absolutely. personal space. Yeah. There's like a, a full squeal yeah. that happens. Oh, yeah. So I wake up this morning. I go to open all the blinds in my oh, house. No. And I feel I'm barefoot. No, shut up. I feel <laughs> flutter. Where? Because I, I last night, this is kind of mean, but I just, I'm so over them mm-hmm. that there was one in our windows where I just like closed the blinds on it. And I was like, you're not going to make it out of here. You're just going to suffocate and die. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to wake up and open these and you'll be dead. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> so I'm like, oh, I feel really bad for doing that. I wake up this morning. I'm planning <laughs> to see a dead moth. That yeah. fucking moth is under my barefoot. Uh, <laughs> I uh, squeal. Frankie just could like my dog just starts running towards me. She's like, "Mom, what's wrong? Are you okay?" It was like one it. of those like, <laughs> full blown <laughs> moth. I stepped on him alive. He didn't. He fluttered out from under my foot. It was disgusting. You didn't crush him. Mm-mm. Oh wow. Was it like a toe step? Like in I between don't, the I don't, toes? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was like in the arch of my foot. Oh, yuck. Yeah, no, anything that just unexpected, I don't care what it is, even no. if it's a puppy, if it's unexpected <laughs> and it pops out and is on your foot and you didn't know, yeah. it's scary. That's um, get this, honey. What? You think that's bad? <laughs> Guess what the fuck happened to me yesterday? What? Oh, I was on this shoot. Yeah, 18 hours, mind you. 18 hour shoot. Yes, we will catch up about that. But I am we're in boulder no no we're not in boulder we're in (laughs) wow we're in (laughs) like deckers area which is like a big fishing area complete opposite direction yeah i don't know what i was i don't know where i was yesterday i was was so long but um we're in deckers and we're shooting this like fishing scene and i'm like creeping along the edge of the water and in the bushes like i'm fully like crouching in a bush filming a fucking snake <gasps> slithers over my foot. That has happened to me before. <laughs> and it was like so embarrassing because it's like people I've never shot with before. And I was just like, <laughs> they're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, totally fine. There was a snake and they're like, is it big? I was like, no, it's a fucking little, <laughs> little bitch snake. Like snake. totally fine. It's mm-hmm. harmless, but it was the scariest thing in my life. Oh my God. That has happened to me before. Say, I know that feeling. It's yeah. so horrendous. Horrific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're feeling chipper today. We are in the mood to podcast. Yeah. I woke up today and I said, today's the day. Mm-hmm. Today's the day. Despite literally being on an 18 hour shoot yesterday, I'm feeling good today. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, It was really fun. I have really been on a kick of just networking by going on someone else's set and being like that for this round I was just a BTS videographer 
so fun because I enjoy that more than getting coffee with someone because you just get to learn everything about them in like just watching their actions. Like you get to see how they, their leadership style, how they treat people, how their creative mind works. You just get to learn so much about someone and you'll know within like two hours, like kind of, I don't know who this person is and how they are. And Mm -hmm. if you want to hang out with them again or work with them or collaborate with them in the future, it was just super fun. Like I, I just encourage anyone, if you're trying to network, a great way is to just offer, hey, can I shoot BTS for your next shoot? Everyone needs that. Like everyone wants it. I feel like I was just telling Katie, I was always jealous of Katie's community and weddings because you guys have a lot of like retreats and workshops Mm -hmm. and things where you meet people. And I feel like in the film community, there's not as many of those types of things. So it's been so fun for me to just finally feel like I'm building a community of people that kind of do more what I do on the commercial side of things. So if you're looking for that great way to just ask someone shoot, to shoot their BTS, great way to just build relationships for yeah, sure. That makes me so happy to hear because that was a conversation that we would have quite a bit just about feeling like the wedding industry is so strong in community and there's all these things to do. But even just hearing you talk about that this morning, it's so cool because it doesn't always... I things don't always look the same in every industry and that's not like the set standard of Mm -hmm. the only way or the only I don't know route that you can build connections with people and yeah it's cool that you've found your pocket of ways to do that within yeah it's been awesome your industry so that is all very good news for as much shit as we talk about networking you're doing a fantastic (laughs) job I'm telling you networking in (laughs) uncommon ways is key like don't grab coffee if you can do other things, you know, network the work wife way. Yeah. Net wife, net wife, (laughs) (laughs) build your net wife's of networks. (laughs) Anywho, Katie just finished an incredible film. I actually haven't seen it yet, but I already know it's going to be incredible. Oh, it feels so good. That one was my last one of 2022. Wow. So this one, oh my, truly everything from even the day, the, Mm -hmm vendor community that we worked with working alongside Abby shooting Mm -hmm. it was just such an incredible wedding experience beginning to end Mm -hmm. and I connected with the couple so much and I am just oh I'm so proud of the film I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to share it when they're ready to share it but I will give you a private I cannot wait to see it I already know it's gonna be so good Katie really just worked her little dick off (laughs) (laughs) I worked my little dick off so that I don't have a dick anymore (laughs) but it'll grow back it's a very small dick that needs the time to grow back, but <laughs> it's an odd visual, but I'm here for it. God help me. Well, good. Um, Yahoo! Should we jump into the WWJD? <laughs> what would Jesus do? <laughs> That's our beginning segment. We're like, okay, so what would Jesus do in this scenario? You're at a party and there's Coke everywhere. <laughs> Someone's outside in the alley and they offer you meth. What do you do? But you want it, but <laughs> so insane. Oh God, that was funny. you. All right. Um, would you rather hair? Let's get into it. Katie has a good one for we, us. We uh, are not taking credit for this one, but Jill, mm-hmm. would you rather be a high school teacher? <laughs> no shit on high school teachers. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Or a clown. I love it so much. <laughs> okay, I've been thinking about this because Katie told me this like 10 minutes ago and I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. 
a high school teacher mm-hmm. because hear me out. It oh, would be you want s- to be a high school teacher. Yes. Oh, I, you would be, I, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. <laughs> well, first, the reason why is because I'm avoiding the pain of being a clown first and foremost, because that's just so, and you know what, if there's any clowns <laughs> listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but if you're just like, if people are like, what do you do for a living? You're just like, oh, I'm a clown. What if you're proud of it though? Like, it's kind of badass. You're just like, oh, I'm a clown. They're like, cool. You're like, like how, how much do you make? Yeah, clown. <laughs> What's that? What do you do? I get hired for birthday. <laughs> Honestly, sounds I might I might choose to be a Ew, clown, but I'm excited to talk about it. No, just like I'm not a kid gal, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I wish I was. I hate that I'm not a kid gal, but like if there is kids at a barbecue I'm at, I'm not gonna be the gal that's like <gasps> I, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to talk to them. They're weird, they're strange to me. I don't know how to interact with children. <laughs> like what do you say when a child when you are in a scenario and there's like a five-year-old that's not any part of your family like how do you talk you know what the thing is and where okay i desperately like not that sounds really i don't (laughs) i desperately want to talk to them i really want to be a mom i -hmm. want kids but I am also not a kid person. Yeah. Like, like I know when I have my own kids, it'll obviously be fine. Yes. And that'll probably change the way I talk to all of kids. But you know what I think it is? Is It's the youngest child syndrome, which yeah. you and I both are the youngest in our families. Yeah. We didn't have any younger siblings. And at no point do you ever learn when you're the youngest <laughs> how to fucking talk to kids. I don't know how to talk to kids. You know what age is weird? Like mm-hmm. I think cute little toddlers like before they can really yeah. talk then it's you fine can play it's like bah, bah, yeah. and you're like yeah, yeah. Bah. but like when they start to <laughs> oh, actually put converse, a seven-year-old in front of I me i do not what know what do you to say? talk to a seven because you're about. like how's school and they're like good and you're just like, like oh what's your teacher's name what's your favorite class they're like i don't know lunch and you're just like fuck i don't know what to say to you <laughs> and then you try to go the fun route and they're like you <laughs> like, i'm too old out. for that you psycho <laughs> i don't like i don't know how to do it That's i can't fair. it makes me something so about dressing as a clown though it's kind of cool because it dis- yeah. disassociates you from yeah. feeling like you actually have to converse because then you can walk up and be yeah. like okay um yeah so give me your honest thoughts that's fair yeah kids i'm gonna definitely go high school teacher that's because those are at though. least older kids you know yeah but talk shit behind your back yes. and want to do everything to wreck you it's absolutely you're terrifying to be a high school teacher and shout out to all the high school teachers out there like absolutely i'm terrifying. so impressed you guys are the heroes of this world okay think about Front how line. you were to miss leatherman think about that. i she just she <laughs> there was multiple teachers that looking back i'm like i need to find them on facebook and apologize <laughs> Jill. Also, they were mean. Jill. They were mean people. Miss Leatherman was really mean. We were in Spanish class together, and Jill was put in timeout as a like <laughs> sophomore, as a sixteen-year-old. I was put in timeout. That's the kind of shit, though. Like, if you're a bad teacher, or you're just like are mean. Like, kids yeah. are gonna destroy you. But it's if you're just a good the way teacher, they will sing your praises. Yes. That's. I think I would be a one of those cool teachers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would work my ass off to be a cool ass teacher. Mm-hmm. and i think i could pull it off that's why i'm like i can handle that middle school fuck no no middle school is scary absolutely me. not like those kids i can't i do. could not do elementary school no i t- 
teachers do not get paid enough. It's the hardest job. Mm-hmm. It never stops. Yeah. Because when you're not teaching, you're grading or you're yeah. creating lesson plans. Were you ever, was anyone ever mean to the cool teachers or like the teachers that were normal? No. Or even all the teachers that would come to dances. Do you remember that? Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed at the things that my teachers saw me do at dances. <laughs> what a time. Grind city. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, what's our topic? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, we didn't come up with one. Yes, oh, we did. Yes, we did. Yes. All right. <laughs> we didn't Sorry. Eating um, blo- still eating blueberries. Um, yes. Katie posted a very thought provoking question on Instagram yesterday and we were like, was, yeah. we got to break this down. You know what? Jill and I, we were in here on Monday and per usual, mm-hmm. got in a whole deep trench of a conversation. And this question was brought up. And I, we were like, ah, oh, fuck, we're not recording. This is annoying. Mm-hmm. So I brought it to Instagram. And it got a really good response and actually sparked some really interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll use this as our little landing zone and build from there. A little landing strip. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, would you still create if social media and or your identity as an artist didn't exist? If so, what would you spend time making? I think we could give a little preface to this conversation and kind of recite what we were talking about the other day mm-hmm. without getting too deep into it. But I think you and I share a mutual frustration with part of the industry that feels really really ego driven Mm -hmm. and I think that discussion prompted this question Mm -hmm. of when you have a creative career and then that is how you make money is by showing it at what point are you sharing work for Mm self-gratification or for the like I don't know that's kind of how it sparked right yeah well, it sparks because of a specific instance where we were like, this feels weird. Like it feels, why do I feel upset by this person's post? And we were talking about because it feels like it's not coming from a place of wanting to just genuinely share an artistic piece that came from, hey, I created this because I felt moved by it because I wanted to tell this story in a certain way or tell these people's stories in a certain way it felt very like hey I want everyone to see this that follows me and to like react to this and give me you know like praise yeah yeah which is like a common thing that we see you know just in the creative industry of like uh this why is this bothering me like I want to be excited for this person I like this person Mm -hmm. like I want to be stoked but like what is it about it that's bothering me so that's what kind of sparked that conversation yeah um Yeah. And it kind of goes back to like our conversation that we had about social media and just like the creative dilemma. But I do think it's just so interesting to think like, yeah, would we be doing the things we're doing, posting things we're posting, working on the work that we're working on if there was never going to be anyone that saw it? Mm -hmm. If there was no such thing as social media or Instagram or even websites. Like what would we actually be doing? Mm -hmm. You know? And I, I think something that initially sparks my mind when I think of that is truly thinking back to your childhood and the things that you spent time doing because you don't have 
any kind of identity as a child yet. Like you are just doing things that spark your interest and excite you when you're just like leaning into those things. So mm-hmm. I think that's actually a really good place to start when you're thinking about that. Yeah. I, I love even just bringing up childhood in general because I even think about, and I've opened up to you about this a ton of how substantial, uh, a portion of my life was in college going through this really intense identity shift mm-hmm. a lot in my reality what i had known and what i'd gotten used to and comfortable with had completely changed mm-hmm. and i removed myself out of a world that was comfortable mm-hmm. to step into a world that was full of deep solitude and reflection and mm-hmm. in that time i would just naturally create art mm-hmm. i would paint random little things in a sketchbook i draw in a sketchbook i would like Mm -hmm. just put on hours and hours of music and just dive deep into my brain Mm -hmm. as a creative form of expression and some of those things were seen and some of those things were never seen Mm -hmm. but it was dipping into all of these different mediums Mm -hmm. which i like that that time in solitude it is so vivid in my brain thinking back on it and left such a substantial imprint on my heart as a creative as to how I run my business and how I treat paid work too. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's still, I talk about this all the time. I probably say every week how creativity is such an intimate experience for me Mm -hmm. that even it's a weird, I even, I got into a, a little bit of a voice memo conversation with one of my friends in the industry and she and I were talking about it, how specifically in weddings, it's really weird Mm -hmm. of balancing your ego versus sharing someone else's story. Like at Mm -hmm. what, at what point do we actually have ownership of what we're even sharing in the first place? Because at the end of the day, it is someone else's story. And I think Mm -hmm. above all else, that is what should be honored. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, it's such an interesting discussion because I think that, especially with a lot of shifts, the way that social media has taken over, there's this, I don't know, un, like unstated pressure to just constantly be creating and showing people what you're up to and pushing so much content when it's like, do I actually believe in what I'm showing or am I just showing this for self-gratification and I want people to admire me and feed me compliments and mm-hmm. what have you? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I... I get so, so heated yeah. <laughs> about some of these things mm-hmm. and we talk about it all the time, but it's like, ugh, it's it hard me. not being able to talk about the specific instances that like fire us up. Cause I don't ever want to like, no, bring anyone down. Cause mm-hmm. it, it would make so much more sense if we could use the specific examples of like, this felt like ego versus actually serving your client. But I think like it's just like a slideshow presenting a specific <laughs> post. Ego or client this, driven? Ego or client driven? <laughs> ding ding ding. Like <laughs> yeah, seriously. But like it is just names. this weird I think we talked about the creative dilemma in the sense of like social media versus you know serving your clients, but even there is also a, another creative dilemma of like just even doing work that you love and that inspires you and that you're in control of and or serving your clients. Like mm-hmm. there is still that at war too of like, I think with passion projects, you get to f- just actually do whatever the F you want to do, which was why they're so important because you're like, I have full control and I can just do the things that excite me. But like, 
it's hard, especially in weddings. You're telling someone else's story of their day. And mm-hmm. it's crazy when you think about the weight of that. It's like, this is something that they will go back to for years and years and years. And if they're together for the rest of their lives, it could be something they watch in literally 45 years from now. Yeah. Which like commercial work is not as long lasting like films are for sure. But Mm -hmm. like commercial work, it's not like they're going to watch this marketing video in 30 years. It's like, it's this weird weight of like, I am inspired by this. This is how I do my art. And I definitely want to infuse that. And hopefully you're hiring me for that reason. But also I can't have that much of an ego because this is also, I need to serve you through and through and make sure you are going to be happy. And this feels like you and your Mm -hmm. love at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like that dilemma as well. Yeah. It's just interesting. And I like, I appreciate that you and I can have such candid conversations about it because I think sometimes it can feel like a lonely place, but with you not being, I mean, you're directly involved in the industry through working with me, but Mm -hmm. you are not in the wedding industry. You're not wedding industry specific, but you can still understand it and feel impacted by it, which is why I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. I think for commercial work, it's still the issue of like, sometimes it feels like clients are hiring me to just be like I know video and they just need someone that can be the technician of video because it's too Mm -hmm. hard to do but they want to have the full vision and the full idea and then you just it's not fulfilling because I just feel like the monkey that's making it happen like they're the puppet puppeteer and I'm the puppet just like that actually knows how to do it Mm -hmm. and that's hard like where are you where can my ego come in of like hey like these are the things that I I'm so inspired by as an artist like let me how can I sell you on this vision for your brand because I know that it would be powerful but you know what I mean it's almost it's almost on the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like please trust me enough to let myself infuse my creativity in this because this is what we could make happen yes this is instead of people coming to you with a standard of just saying I saw this it was dope I want to make something like that you know video so let's do it yeah and you're like actually it's a bit of a different process and let's even break down why that video would be useful for you in the first place and just copying someone is never going to be no good for your brand anyway so it's Uh. it's so tricky like there's so many dilemmas within the whole thing but yeah it's just it's almost like the question is I guess that really drifts from the initial (laughs) initial question of like would you create if no one was looking basically like what would you create but I think it is just important to talk about like the reason that we can't a lot of the time is because a either our clients do have a say they are paying us or the weight of their love is on the line exactly or yeah like we are thinking about our peers a little bit too much like those are the two hurdles Mm -hmm. that come with being able to create what you want to create regardless of if anyone sees it yeah which I don't think this has to be our entire discussion today but it was cool because there was a response And she was like, I just hope you guys bring this up on the podcast because I'd love to hear more thoughts. But she even said if social media didn't exist, she was like, art is meant to be seen and art Mm. is meant to be received. And Mm. she said, if I didn't have this platform, I mean, Mm. I'm, I'm not reading from the message directly. So just based off memory, I believe she said, if I didn't have this platform, I think things would probably look a lot different Mm -hmm. or I don't know. I don't know, which I find to be a really interesting perspective too. But I think a question like this I would love to do in some sort of panel discussion with Mm -hmm. a lot of different creatives just to get so many different 
opinions and Mm -hmm. ideas Um, i do like that like art is meant to be received it is a gift mm -hmm. and when you're authentically creating out of your soul it is a gift to the world like it it shouldn't be hidden but okay let's just let me ask you this Mm -hmm. if if you had no paying clients if we didn't need money to survive if we were all just roaming around the earth had all the food and shelter and safety that we ever needed what would you do for a living like what would you do with your time oh I would exist in that world that I existed in before I started my business. Like I daydream about it Mm -hmm. all the time. I think, and I'm going to throw this question right back at you, but art will forever be a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I've always been so candid about the struggle of it turning into a career of Mm -hmm. transitioning a passion into a paid career and then having paid clients and some sort of like boundaries of what you can and can't create. Mm-hmm. But I, my dream, mm-hmm. my absolute dream is to just have land, <laughs> tend to a garden, have these big, beautiful trees and just make short films and paint when I want to paint and draw when I want to draw and just expand on all of these ideas. And I don't always know in what type of medium, Mm -hmm. but I loved just having the freedom and the time in my life to explore. And it just felt so therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It's always just been such like a form of therapy. It was a way for me to get to know myself and trust my form of Mm self-expression that if money didn't matter and there was no set expectation of how you need to show up in your life. It's like full transparency. I work and I set big goals and we talk about solopreneurship and entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. for the sake of chasing after something, but also because we need a job to survive. Mm -hmm. And if I have to have a job to survive, I'm going to make it the best fucking thing I can. Mm -hmm. But if none of that mattered, I don't think I'd be hustling in the way that we hustle. Like I'm it's deep down in my soul. It's like, I'm not just not born and bred to be a hustling entrepreneur my Mm -hmm. entire life. It's like, there are reasons why I choose to do so because of what society expects of us. But yeah, I don't know. Like what, how would you spend your time? I mean, that's, and that's just focused on creativity alone. That's not even talking about all the other things I do yeah. with my life, but. Oh, like the exact same way, like yeah. exactly the same way, which is crazy because I was just listening to a podcast, um, with Dax Shepard and Tim Ferriss. It was on armchair expert Dax's podcast. And, um, they got into like Tim Ferriss's book Four hour work week for a little bit, but Dax said something that he was like, the way that humans were designed to be is you were like back in the old, old days when you're just in tribes of like a hundred people, you're only supposed to ever know a hundred people and everyone heavily relies on each other. Like there's people that go out and hunt and get the food. There's people that take care of the babies, but they were saying basically like you really were only meant to work like a few hours a day. And that it's crazy that that is what we long to do is like Mm -hmm. we long to be with people in community that we love and to just share love with people and to create and to be outside and to plant like Mm -hmm. vegetables and flowers (laughs) and like see that shit like 
the way that human life was meant to be before technology changed everything and continues to change everything was what we all really desire deep down is like we want to like survive and be safe and healthy but we just want to like live and experience land and like outside and create and tell stories and live in community Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day I think that's what we all want well you know what's sad and I'm sure I'd be curious to hear from all other solopreneurs on this I feel like part of the reason that we all chose this path is to maintain some of that some of what's in our DNA Mm -hmm. (laughs) to have the freedom. I don't know. Like I think when I, I remember, sorry, this is all over the place. Mm -hmm. Specifically, there was a video on YouTube by Alan Watts and it's called, what would you do if money was no object? And Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in college and I stumbled upon this video and I was like, Oh my God. Like it's, it's really kind of built around this same discussion that you and I are having. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, I need to stop wasting time. Like I can, I can make this form of self-expression a career. I can do mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. I think my entire purpose and reasoning behind starting it in the first place was so I could always maintain this tie. Mm-hmm. I could always have this be a part of me. So it's not a passion that I lose because I got involved in mm-hmm. a different career that I never get to have time for. It's like, I'd rather have it as a career and still be able to do it every day mm-hmm. and struggle through the process of growing it mm-hmm. than not having it at all or having it be a washed away passion, mm-hmm. which is just sad because <laughs> all of us, like what you were just saying, all hum- all humans really want is just pretty simple. Yeah. And everything like we do in life. life and the way that life evolves, I feel like takes us further away from it. And it, yeah. I just like, and part of it's just inevitable. Like it's not yeah. like we can be like, like I do think just technology growing constantly growing is it is inevitable that we live more of the lives that we live now because I don't know like even think back to like if we if we lived in the 80s permanently like it would be so different it would be so different than it is today and there's nothing we can really do about that but there is like steps that we can take to just nurture that longing in us to just mm-hmm. create and to like be in relationship and be I don't know yeah nurture the longing for sure but it's I don't know I guess I my point in saying that is just not to be hard on ourselves or be mad at ourselves it's just kind of like the way technology is increasing it's kind of hard not to just get sucked into the hustle and bustle and flow of things but it's cool because this is also I did also share this yesterday of Mm -hmm. Jonas Peterson he's a photographer yes and if any of you are familiar with his work, he he's just I don't know him personally, but having followed him for a while and getting bits and pieces of his soul through his work, he's someone who I really connect to his vision and his artistry. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to be like, yeah, we had this conversation, fuck technology, like I just want to move away off the grid, forget it forever. But I think it's really cool to lean into the evolution while maintaining and uplifting the human experience. Yeah. And even just with AI, which is a whole different can of worms, I uh, like following him and being friends with him on Facebook. He started just sharing his photography work with AI. And I'm like, Whoa, this is a completely different shift of anything I've Mm -hmm. ever seen you do ever. And I don't know how long he's been doing it for, but 
his collections, like he's, he'll release a collection and then people are just buying the prints like up the ass. Like he cannot, he cannot keep, I mean, (laughs) I don't know any of this information, but from what it looks like, Mm -hmm. these things are selling out so fast. Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, even having conversations about AI, I was just like, I just don't know how I feel about it. Blah, blah, blah. Like I am so closely tied to the human experience. It's not something I want our species to ever lose, Mm -hmm. but he has been so inspiring to me in that way in evolving with technology and not setting limitations on his work, but leaning into it Mm -hmm. and finding ways to express the human experience and almost teach AI about us, Mm -hmm. which is the craziest thing you guys should definitely check out his Instagram. I think it's just Jonas Peterson AI. I shared something yesterday from one of his pieces, but it it, just to read his captions on it is so fascinating because he's like, you're working, which I don't even know how any of this works. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how are you? I I don't, what what program are you using? (laughs) Like what's happening? So many different variations of AI. I'm like, which, where do we go to have someone write something for you? Like I, it's so (laughs) website are you on? (laughs) I know. I don't understand. (laughs) How do you design a photograph in AI? But it's cool. Cause he's like, you're working with a machine who is trained to learn the human experience and what perfection is. But Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm just interacting with Mm -hmm. this being Mm -hmm. and trying to catch the perfect millisecond of them in vulnerability. And I'm like so fascinated by it because when you actually look at this collection, you you're feeling feelings Mm -hmm. that you're just like, how is this not real? How are these not actual characters? How are these not real people? Mm -hmm. And I just find it so beautiful and so cool because I think there's ways to evolve without just saying fuck it all. Yeah, but I totally agree. I I, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway in that is in something that Jonas Peterson has always been good at and why he's continually successful with every new thing he does is like, it's, yeah, like I said, like, it's a bummer the way that technology kind of like changes things, but also as long as we're holding on to the true meaning of what all humans want and the natural innate human desire is just like, again, like companionship, family relationships, love, safety, blah, blah, blah. And I think he does that in all of his work. He tells those stories through his work of like vulnerability and feeling connected to someone through vulnerability, even if he is using AI to tell that story. Like he's just so good at storytelling through and through no matter what he does. That's why his work always does well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's truly what it is. And like, that's why I always keep going back to like childhood of just like when we were kids, we were just doing things that we were excited about. And like, yeah, like thinking back to, I remember I would just film short films all the fucking time as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like they suck. They're oh so God. funny. You need to talk sh- about a little bit about it. Action and share now. <laughs> <laughs> share a little bit about it because <laughs> that is the best. I'm not this. We need to dive into this because that's the best fucking part about having just a camcorder at home the yeah, things that so us cute. 90s children's would make and do yes but oh, i just I have saw hours and hours and hours of home videos <laughs> that i would film like i would have friends over and be like all right guys we're gonna do a movie today yeah you're gonna be this character i'm gonna be this <laughs> and i would like there's this literal this scene i should post it on our tiktok yeah. but i'm like action and then i'm like wait 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 wait, wait. hold on hold on hold on <laughs> action now she's like like this little director and it's just like this actual like full movie (laughs) 
like full horror movie it's a full (laughs) horror film it's hysterical but it's so cute to think back to that time because i'm just like i just loved doing that and Mm -hmm. even yesterday on the shoot when we're like in the woods filming shit I, i literally felt like a kid again of just it's so funny how humans love stories so much. We yeah. love them. We're all kids still. Mm-hmm. Like we just grew up, but we're, we still want everything we wanted as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like it's so funny being in the woods, creating a film and being like, we're just playing make believe and filming it. Like this yeah. is not a real scenario. Like we are all still just playing make believe and we're loving it. And mm-hmm. I like, I've had that feeling again yesterday and I love that feeling. And if you think about movies it's so funny if you think about books like anything that is like fiction it's hilarious when you actually think about like we're watching lord of the rings <laughs> like this fake world and we're all so into it yeah harry potter As star wars like yes all of it like and it's just normal to be like yeah so then the dragon comes and breathes fire <laughs> but like harry potter has to defeat him by like shooting magic out of his wand and that's just like a normal thing that we're doing as adults like it cracks me up, but it just goes back to again, like we all just love stories so much. Mm-hmm. And like kids, we love telling stories through playing house, make believe, pretending we're drinking tea out of a cup that there's nothing in. Like, oh my God. It just all comes back to creating for the sake of like telling stories and like relating through our human experiences through those stories. Does that make sense? I, no, it's it's hitting so hard and I love it so much because I think and it's so funny we always come there are so many themes we come back to in our conversations Mm -hmm. and the the youthfulness and the life that kids have even even for as much shit as we were just talking about (laughs) we're like we don't understand kids and now we're like knowing how to relate to them it's (laughs) like they're just not tainted yet they're not dehydrated of life yet of like your sweet sweet spirit and soul and excitement and like and it's like encouraged like we play house with them like it's not like we're like hey why are you playing house (laughs) five-year-old like that's weird it's like we like we let them imagine and we Mm -hmm. encourage it in them but like at what age are we like all right all right no more of that you know how how do we get out of that what happens i don't uh, responsibilities yeah like it's it's just so sad and i think i even starting a business and being like, I am, I am going to pursue my passion. That's not a buyout either. Mm -hmm. Like I, part of me was like, yes, because I'm choosing to pursue my passion. I got the key. Like Mm -hmm. I, I grasped onto a key. I have a passion that I can monetize and Mm -hmm. build something and build a life out of, but it's also it's so hard. There's no grass is greener. There's no mm-hmm. right answer. There's no way to do it. But I think there's a deep sort of reflection that's necessary and check in with yourself to always come back to your values and make sure that you're in line with a life and chasing after something that's going to bring you closer back to that sense of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is never thought we'd get here yeah <laughs> today just back to your inner child yeah like, and just creating out of just what just asking yourself like what would your inner, inner child want to create right now mm-hmm. if you say you have the mind you have now but you have everything you had as a kid which was an illusion of safety and comfort yes. and that, like you're not thinking about are my parents going to be able to pay their mortgage this month are am i like you're i mean 
again, that's such a privileged thing to say, actually, because a lot of kids didn't grow up with that safety. Like, Mm -hmm. and they probably did miss out on some of that imaginative, fun creativity if they didn't feel safe at home. That's true. But yeah, just being like, what would I be doing if there was no fear of safety, fear of if I'm going to make it like worrying about the future or what I have, like, what would I be creating right now? But you know, what's funny is Mm. when you were sharing, like I probably all of us creatives can go back to some pieces of work that we just shared because we took the time to do them. And they actually, we connected deeply with what we were making. We were passionate and we loved it. Mm -hmm. So often though, those are the projects that connect the deepest with people and that are so well received and then can spark future work that leans you and future work and opportunities that bring you closer to your purpose, which you and I have talked about this too. Passion projects are not a waste of time. No, if anything, they're bringing you closer to alignment within your business. So taking the time to take a step back reignite your creativity, realign with your creativity Mm -hmm. and then express something and share something because it was fun to make, not Mm -hmm. because you have, you think you have an ego to uphold Mm -hmm. or you think someone has this set expectation of you Mm -hmm. or blah, 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 blah. Like to share something just because you made it and you fucking love it. Mm -hmm. And then people can relate to that is so cool. It's so cool. And a, a truly such a big goal for us right now too mm-hmm. is making space and time for that mm-hmm. and even people who we really admire that's how they've booked some exactly. huge projects which is well, so cool it's weird too because it's never ending it's like you do a passion project to like really express yourself in your own creative personality and then people connect to it because it was so authentically you yes and want to hire you to do that and then you do that for a while and then you have to do another passion project because you're like okay i'm not in this box now though yes like i want to do work like this for a while but then i'm going to need to do another passion project to then expand again and again and again Mm -hmm. and it's it kind of sucks when you're thinking about money because you're like it's kind of pay to play to do a passion project is not cheap at all. No, but it's 1000% worth it because you're able to just one it just the fulfillment in general of mm-hmm. being able to do that. And two, to be able to continue to do work like that. Yeah. Something that I was really impressed by yesterday too, working with this guy, Nate is he does a shit ton of outdoorsy commercial work. And he's like, yeah, this is just my lifestyle is so outdoorsy that all of my clients like, they just fit into my lifestyle of what I'm already doing. Like he'll Mm -hmm. already be camping and just bring the products camping with him. And then they're super happy with it. So it's like, that is so smart to me is finding things that you're already excited and passionate about and seeing if you can weave in your job into that already. Like now I'm already thinking about like, I love mountain biking. Maybe I can like reach out to mountain biking companies so that while I'm already on a bike ride once or twice a week, I can just bring this product and shoot it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really good way to do that too. That is what makes the most sense. And I think a lot of people get it backwards Mm -hmm. is coming in and just being like, oh, well, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. I'm going to try this, this, and this. Why is no one hiring me for these things? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Sometimes you're just chasing after something because you love the way it looks when actually it's not in alignment with your natural form of expression. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's something you can't maintain. Mm -hmm. But it is that is such a good point. And I think something that we constantly have to feed our soul with again and again and again. And Mm -hmm. you can sense when you're kind of getting detached or burnt out a little bit. Yeah. But something like the film that I just delivered, that that film 
feels so in alignment with my business. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I loved every bit of it. I really enjoyed editing it. It yeah. was like so fun because I knew that I f- was safe enough to reach into how I feel as a person and reflect on these experiences and express them through empathy for the sake of stare- uh, sharing their story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ego driven. It was mm-hmm. empathy driven. And it, it felt so in alignment with my business mm-hmm. where I think that you got to do the pra- passion projects to then be able to bring that form of your soul into the paid work yeah, absolutely. and then just maintain that balance. Yeah. And but, I think it's important too, like even if you're listening to this and you have a corporate job and you're like, I don't know how the fuck to relate this to me, but <laughs> yeah. I think even just outside of work, like your hobbies too, it's, mm-hmm. I think just listening to like your inner voice and being like, what do I want to do? Like, how can I just do that and make that happen for me, regardless of if anyone else is interested in doing it with me or what my husband or my friends or my parents or family or whatever want to do? Like, what is something that is genuinely interesting and sparks my curiosity? And like, how can I just go do that? Either yeah. Even if it's alone or can I find a Facebook group where I can meet people that do that thing? Like, I think that's really important, too, to just stay connected to that. Yeah. Part of it as well. You well, know? just letting yourself be bored, kind of detaching from the expectations of what everyone else wants from you. Mm-hmm. Because I there there are people in my life, I think I know like sometimes when Nick and I talk about it, and he has even talked about being in a corporate career and thinking about, you know, what would I do if mm-hmm. I had the freedom? What am I passionate enough to do? I mean, obviously he's like, I'd love to be a pro golfer, but yeah. of, of course there's a lot of logistics <laughs> that come along with that rewinding in time. Mm-hmm. But I think so many people can put this pressure on themselves to be like, I have to find a passion to do this thing to yeah. then do this thing mm-hmm. where you can feel like you're at a standstill because you don't necessarily have a passion, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to like, be such a potent passion Mm -hmm. you know there's like so many different things in your life that you can express yourself through whether you're just a fantastic hobbyist or Mm -hmm. I don't know it's interesting how you decide to fill your time when you let yourself be bored Mm -hmm. well that's where like when you just brought up Nick I'm like what we already talked about today is that Nick loves cooking and that's where I'm like I I hope to god Nick opens a restaurant one day I I tell him that all the time but I'm just like I want to see you do that in your lifetime because that is what you're spending your free time doing out mm-hmm. of enjoyment and love for it. Mm-hmm. And I know you would serve people so well and and like money is just a currency. This is kind of something that uh, Naval Ravikant said. Yeah, Money is just the universe thanking you for what you gave to it basically. And so if you're living out of your authentic passion and giving the world your authentic passion, it's just money is then in turn a byproduct of the world saying, thank you. We needed that. Mm-hmm. Here is your reward for that. And that's where oh, I'm like, such a beautiful way to put I it. know Nick would be successful if he did that because he's genuinely passionate about it and would be able to make it work because it would be a gift to the world again, going back to that, you know, mm-hmm. like I just think life's way too fucking short to not listen to those inklings and just give that world the gift that was given to you and that you were made to give it because only you can do it and it will in some way reward you and thank you for that because no one else can give the world what you were created to give it you know what I mean yes 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 it's like fully goes back to Navel's teachings of specific knowledge like I which I find to just be the most fascinating concept Mm -hmm. of 
we are all born with something Mm -hmm. and we all have a gift to offer the world. And as cliche as you think that sounds, it's so true. And it's really sad how many people live an entire lifetime with what without knowing what theirs was, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like feeling like they couldn't, it wasn't going to make them money. So they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. When in reality, I do think whatever their passion is on your heart, I think there's a way to make money at it in some way or another. As long as you're just leaning into it and giving that to the world, that's what makes you stand out. But it's just, it's sad because it's like the fear of money and the fear of not making enough money to live makes us just not pursue the passions and the things we want to do but in reality i think it's the opposite i think Mm -hmm. you will get rewarded for doing your passion with money you know yep yep i don't know maybe that's again another privileged ass thing to say someone's (laughs) gonna make you white ass bitch like we don't have that fucking (laughs) privilege yeah i know it's like uh i that is it's a it's just a reality of life and living and not everyone is privileged enough to explore yeah that so all of this to say we're not discrediting that by any means that yeah. is just a fact of yeah. life yeah but Ugh, that like went in 14 different directions <laughs> as always and hopefully it was relatable but yeah i just think it was a good good exploration i'm kind of enjoying the us just being able to flow in whatever direction we want i know but i'm curious like Give us your feedback on if you like that style of yeah. podcast because this is how our normal conversations are. But yeah. let us know if you're like, you guys are covering so many topics. <laughs> I don't know what to it. expect. Some of it is relatable. Some of it isn't. Please shut up. It's yeah. interesting because we've taken a lot of approaches just what is in 14 episodes mm-hmm. of having a planned topic, um, having something that's more tangible knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then building off a conversation like we have these past two weeks. I really love a mix of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, give us your feedback. Let us know what you guys like. I know you guys really liked it last week. So yeah, we just leaned into that again this week. Yeah. And we're going to California tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to record another potty yeah. while we're there. So we will definitely catch up with you guys in a few days. Well, we'll record in a few days and probably post <laughs> it on Thursday. But yeah. still, I'm excited to bring you guys along. I feel like we need to freaking do a vlog or something. But. Oh, my God. I know. Yep. That's on the that's on the agenda. So it yeah. should be a really great weekend. We have some exciting things coming up, but hope you guys enjoy yourselves. Happy Thursday. Yes. We love you. Love you, mommies. Bye.